you brought your Bibles, and I hope that you have, turn with me to the book of Hebrews, to chapter 3 of the book of Hebrews. Now, I'm just going to tell you right up front here this morning, I have got a lot to say and not very long to do it in. So I am going to preach hard, as hard and fast as the Lord will allow me here this morning. And I ask that you just keep your, your focus and attention on what the Spirit of God would say to you this morning. Uh, the message that God has uh, for us this morning is very important. God says it's the difference between blessings and cursings. It is the difference, I mean, it is the difference of peace and joy uh, or uh, misery. It is the difference between uh, eternal, uh, an eternal reward and eternal blessings and an eternal damnation. Hebrews chapter 3 beginning at verse 7 says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath that they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? but to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just humbly come before you one more time here this morning, thanking you for the good day and for the many blessings. Thanking you for each one you sent our way here this morning. Thanking you, Lord, for the good spirit that we felt this morning. Thanking you for our church family, for the roof you put over our head. Thanking you, Lord, for the nation that we live in, the freedom that we have. But we thank you most of all for your son, Jesus. Lord God, that you sent him and give him so that we might have life and have that life eternally and abundantly. God, we're not worthy and we don't deserve it. And you knew that and you've done it anyways. So God, let us always have praise and glory on our lips for you. Because you alone are worthy of it. And Lord, I just pray as we go forward in this service here this morning. Lord, I'm asking that first of all, you would anoint me from on high. God, that you'd pour your Holy Spirit out here this morning on us. Lord, that you'd fill me full of your Spirit. God, that you'd clear my mind of everything but your message, your words, your thoughts. Place on my tongue the very things you'd have me to say. Lord, my heart's desire is to deliver your message. And for everyone to know this morning, they've heard from you. Through my spirit to theirs. And God, I pray that each one here would have ears to hear and eyes to see what you'd have them to see in your word here this morning. God, and I pray that we'd be doers of your word. 
Lord, that it wouldn't fall on deaf ears here this morning, that we wouldn't harden our hearts and we wouldn't provoke you like they did in the past. God, my prayer this morning is have your way and your will in our midst. If there's any that don't know you, any that have backslidden, any that have fallen away, whatever the case may be, God, let today be the day. Lord, that you, uh, Lord, that you just convict them. God, pour out that old-time Holy Ghost conviction upon us. Lord, don't give me peace until I repent and get things right with you because that's the most important thing. I pray each one of us would leave here different than how we come in. We'd leave here with a heart to serve you, to follow you, greater love for you and a greater burden for a lost and dying world. God, have your way and your will and we'll give you the glory, all of it, because we love you, we worship you, we praise your holy name. We ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. Scripture that we read today recaps the events that happened in Numbers chapter 13 and chapter 14. Uh, Brother Mike read some of that to us here this morning. Uh, what has happened is the children of Israel have been delivered from Egypt. And you think about the set of events, right, going all the way back to the beginning of the book of Exodus. And, and leading through to where we're at, what they have witnessed, what they've seen, what they have been a part of. They have seen the miracles and they have seen the plagues when they were slaves in Egypt. And not only that, they have seen the Red Sea parted. And, 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 but it doesn't stop there, right? They've also seen all of Pharaoh, right? They're, what they was afraid of, their, uh, their, their big fear, their, their big enemy, right? They've seen all of Pharaoh's army has drowned in that same Red Sea that God parted so they could cross over on dry ground. And now at this point, they have begun their march into the promised land, into the place that God described as as flowing with milk and honey. It is at a place called uh, Kadesh Barnea that they have decided to send out the 12 spies. Now, if we were to only read in Numbers chapter 13, it would sound a little bit like it was God's idea. But in the book of Deuteronomy, we get a recap. And so if you read in Deuteronomy chapter 1, when Moses is giving his final sermon there, he, uh, he sheds a little more light. And the reason that they sent the 12 spies out was because the people had requested it. They wanted it. Moses thought it was a good idea. The idea of sending the 12 spies did not originate with God but it originated with the people. And so they sent out the 12 spies into the promised land. And when they come back, they said, sure, it's just exactly like God described. It is a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Right? They brung back some of the fruit of the land, and it was absolutely unbelievable. I believe that they brought it back because if they hadn't have brought it back and had just told stories about it, the people wouldn't have believed them. It was so great. But the problem is, of the 12 spies that went out and to check out the promised land, 10 of the spies returned with reports of doubts and fears. Remember they said there's giants in the land. What they mean by that was they were some big old boys up there. And what they meant, and, and, and you know, they realized, hey, we're just slaves. We're not a trained army. These boys are big. They're tough. They have fought from their youth, and they could, they could 
whoop us and whoop us good. They brought back this report of doubt and fear. But not all 12 of them, only 10 of them did. Two of them, Caleb and Joshua, returned with a report of faith and the prospects of victory. You see, their report was, yeah, them other 10 guys, they're right. Uh, that is a land not only flowing with milk and honey, that's a, you know, that is just a, a land of abundance, uh, but there is people there that is a lot bigger and a lot mightier than we are. But you know what? As long as God's on our side, right? As long as it's God that's sending us, as long as it's God's directing us, God will give us the victory. That was the report of the two. The problem is, is all the people, all the congregation went along with them ten. The reports of doubt and fear. Oh, we can't do it. This will be the end of us. So the nation chooses not to obey God. They have chosen unbelief. Now just simply put, unbelief is a failure to believe God. And so God has told them that he would give them the land and they have chosen not to believe God and to believe that if they try to take the land, they will not only be defeated, but they will be wiped out and their very wives and children will be taken from them. So they have chosen unbelief. And in response to that, God requires the life of everyone over 20 years of age and sentence the nation to 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. That's the desert. Walking in circles out there until that entire unbelieving, disbelieving generation, that entire generation that's full of doubt until they've all died. All of them except Jacob and Joshua. They as old men get to see the promised land. Kadesh Barnea, I mentioned this place. This is where the, this takes place and the spies are sent out. It is the place of their unbelief. If you were to look at a map, maybe you've got one in the back of your Bible or you go home and look one up or Google it or whatever, but if you were to look at a map of what we consider the Holy Land, that part of the world, you'd notice that Kadesh Barnea is south and a little bit southwest of the Dead Sea. And you can see from that point of Kadesh Barnea, south of the Promised Land there, they were poised, they were ready to enter into the Promised Land. There, and if you'll look and study the geography of that area for just a moment, you would see that there's no rivers to cross, right? There's no mountains to cross, right? They were ready, right? They had a clear shot to go in. And even 40 years later, when they do finally enter in, if you'll remember in the first part of the book of Joshua, right, the Rahab the harlot tells the spies that went in then that the land was in fear of God and what he had done for the nation of Israel all them years ago. And if you were to still keep looking at your map, you'd notice that trek from Kadesh Barnea to Mount Nebo where they will much later on, 40 years later, enter the promised land into, was a much tougher journey. Later, when they had finally 
reached, right? Forty plus years later, when they had finally reached Mount Nebo, they are now, if you were to look at that on a map, they are now on the east side of the Dead Sea. And if you were to take careful note there, you would see the Jordan River flows from the north into the Dead Sea. And not only were they required to cross it, which if you read that in Joshua, you'll see that the time of the year they were there, the old Jordan River, right? She was running, as my dad would always say, chocolate brown, right? She was, it was the rainy season, and she was at flood stage out of her banks, a-rolling down through there. So they had that to cross, and now they had mountains to contend with and to conquer as well. You see, their choice to not trust God and follow Him immediately into the promised land not only brought them grief, but even more obstacles to overcome. Now, that's as quick and concise as I can recap that part of Israel's history. I want to point out the the problem with them not obeying and then later finally obeying. I'm going to call that delayed obedience, right? So so the comparison I'm going to make here is God speaks to you and you got a choice, right? You do it now or you say no, I'm not going to do it. And then maybe later on down the road you do it. Right? We've been there. I've been there before. You understand what I'm talking about. I want to talk to you about the consequences of delayed obedience. In other words, I want to tell you this morning what exactly, not immediately heeding the Holy Spirit of God, not immediately obeying God, what it's going to cost you. First thing, delayed obedience hardens the heart of man. The word, as a matter of fact, that word harden, right? It makes a word picture for us if we were to look it up in the original language in the Hebrew. And it actually is the word they use to describe a footpath that has had a lot, I mean a lot, of traffic on it. You know how hard and packed down that it will get, that even rain will just run off of it, almost like concrete. When we choose to delay, we choose to to become hardened to the things of God. When we become hardened, right, to to the will of God, we become hardened to the work of God. And then we become hardened to the Word of God. And we become hardened to the things of God. That's what it does. It hardens our hearts. Tell you what else it does. Delayed obedience steals. It steals the victories God has for you. Think about it. Just think for a second the difference that I described if they would have immediately believed God and went in versus what they had to go through. It not only steals the blessings that God has for you in this life, but it also steals the eternal rewards that God has for you in the life to come. It could, think about this for a minute, it could even steal your children's blessings. When you delay obedience to the Holy Spirit of God, you're stealing from yourself and maybe those that you care about as well. Tell you what else delayed obedience does. It hinders. 
Delayed obedience makes the next step of obedience more difficult. If you say no to God one, the one time, I promise you the next time he knocks on your heart, the next time he nudges you, first of all, you're not going to be as sensitive to it. And second of all, it's going to be even harder for you to obey the Spirit of God. You're much more likely to say no again. Delayed obedience makes trusting God more difficult. Delayed obedience opens your heart to doubt. Delayed obedience could even hinder future generations. It did for them. Delayed obedience may well mean that you could lose the blessings that God had for you. Think about that for a second. At best, at the very best case scenario, the blessings you could have had will be delayed. Think about it. The nation of Israel could have had a much easier trip into the promised land. They could have had 40 more years of conquered land and settling. They could have had 40 more years of God's uh, uh, promised land, enjoying God's blessings, right? And another entire generation could have enjoyed God's blessings instead of dying in the desert. You know what else delayed obedience does? It's divisive. That's right. When it comes time to enter the land, do you remember what happened? I'll tell you in case you're not familiar. Two and a half tribes, right? The promised land was supposed to be divided between all 12 tribes of Israel. But because of delayed obedience, because of the wandering and the trip around and coming in the hard way, Two and a half tribes of Israel had had enough and they said, you know what? We'll just take our inheritance on this side of the promised land. And so we have two and a half tribes that wanted to stay east of the Jordan River. And you know what? If they would have come in where God had originally intended, there never would have been that division. The two and a half tribes, I'm talking about Gad, uh, Reuben, and the half tribe of Manasseh, they would have not wanted to stay behind. If they would have come in when and where God wanted them to, the map of Israel would look different. Did you ever think about that for the rest of history? The map of Israel would have looked different. The inheritance would have been different. I'm telling you this morning that your choice to delay obeying God, obeying God could very well complicate the future, not only for you, but for your children and your grandchildren and future generations, and maybe even for your entire nation. Think about that for a minute. Let me tell you something else delayed obedience does. It's deadly. It is absolutely deadly. Every person over 20 years old, except for Joshua and and Caleb, are given a death sentence. Sure enough, they were. Choosing to disobey or choosing to delay, right? Choosing unbelief could very well shorten your life. Try that one on for size. It could even shorten the life of your family. We have, uh, you might think I'm crazy or I'm being going overboard or being too harsh, but I'll guarantee you there's been choices that people have made that has cut short the life of their, uh, of their future generations, of their children and grandchildren and so on and so forth. 
Uh, we've got biblical examples of that. Look at both Korah and Achan. Both of them. Their whole families were killed with them because of their unbelief, because of the choices they made, because they chose, rather than obey God and trust God, to not believe God and not trust God. Let me tell you what else delayed obedience does. It creates difficulties. Yes, I know God can overcome the foolishness of people. I get it. I understand that. But look at the example that I've read to you from here this morning. Now, instead of going in the easy way, they've got to wander in the wilderness and the desert for 40 years until an entire generation dies. Right? They've got nations to, to fight, wars to fight, battles to fight that they never would have had to fight before. And they have to go through the mountains, right? And conquer these cities that are there first. I'm telling you, it's a quite a bit more difficult than if they would have just believed God in the first place. And then, after they finally got to the promised land, many of the tribes that they left unconquered become thorns in their sides. Another example of not believing God and doing what he said. Some of these nations are the ones that they would have conquered first if they'd have just done it the way God wanted them to to begin with. Listen, I'm telling you this morning that your unbelief and your failure to, to believe God today could very well complicate the lives and the future of your children and grandchildren. So, what are we to do? I've given you all of this, but what are we to do? I think verse 7 of our text this morning makes it really clear. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice. How can I say that any plainer or any louder? Today, if you will hear his voice. Listen to me. Obey God today. Look, in this context here, today, that's a word of action. It's a word of now. Today is the day of decision. Alexander, uh, Alexander the Great. If you don't know who that is or anything about him, go home and look him up. An interesting piece of history. But Alexander the Great was asked how he was able to accomplish so much in so little amount of time. It could possibly be said nobody has ever done as much as he did in as short a shorter period of time. Outside of the Lord, of course. His response to how he done so much and so little, he, replied, he has replied simply by not delaying. By not delaying. In reference to God's word, someone, if I remembered who I'd give him credit, but someone once said to, to delay is to disobey. Listen, I'm telling you, today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Don't put off doing God's will any longer. You might not have any longer 
And even if you do, you're going to pay for it. And it's not going to be just you, but it's going to be those that are closest to you and those that are most attached to you. Don't wait any longer. If you're not saved, I'm begging you, don't wait any longer. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Don't put it off a moment longer. Don't wait to get saved. Don't wait to get baptized. Don't, get, don't wait uh, to, to join the church. Don't wait uh, to answer God's calling. If he's calling you, answer it today. Don't wait any longer. Listen to me. And this is the last thing, I'm, the, my last word on this. The devil is telling you to wait. God is telling you that today is the day. Today is the day. I'm begging you, don't wait any longer. That, that, that idea of waiting... Listen to me. That's not from God. That's from the enemy himself as he sows seeds of doubt. I'm telling you, don't put it off any longer. Don't put off salvation for another day. Don't put off following God for another day. Don't put off, if you've not been baptized or, or need to be baptized, don't put that off any longer. If God's calling you to do something, don't put that off any longer. Would you stand to your feet? I want to open the altar and I want to give you an opportunity to come this morning. Spirit of God dealing with you, would you come this morning? Don't delay. Don't wait any longer. If you've got a need, if you've got a burden, would you come this morning? Whatever it is, would you come this morning? Don't miss this opportunity.